Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. While they have fun downstairs, we are going to uh, be up here in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. We've been talking about uh, Christ's sacrifice takes away sin. That went from chapter 9, verse 23, all the way to chapter 10, verse 18. And now we are in chapter 10, verse 19, exhortation and warnings from the book of Hebrews. The Hebrew book here, if, if you've not been here through the thing, through the whole study, it says if you want to study Hebrews, to read it with the Pentateuch, because the writer of Hebrews, whether it be a Paul, Paul or Apollos, uh, or whoever it might be, references a lot of the Old Testament covenant in the first five books. So, just a little side note there. So, verse 19 of chapter 10 it says, Therefore, brothers, we have confidence to enter the most high place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that he has opened for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And since we have a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to the true, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse them from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us firmly hold the profession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hang on to that. And let us consider how to spur one another to love and to, go, and to good works. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as it is a manner of some, but let us exhort one another, especially as you see that day approaching. For we are willfully, we, for if we willfully continue to sin after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So that spits in the face of the once saved, always saved doctrine but a fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who despised Moses' law died without mercy in the presence of two or three witnesses. How much more severe a punishment do you suppose he deserves who has trampled underfoot the Son of God? and has regarded the blood of the covenant that sacrificed him to be a common thing, and has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And again, he says, The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the, of the living God. Remember the former days after you were enlightened, in which you endured a great struggle of afflictions. In part, you were made a, a spectacle both by reproaches and afflictions, and in part, you became companions of those who were so abused. For you have, 
for you, for you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully endured the consecration, con, confiscation of your property, knowing that you have a heaven, 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 a better and, and an enduring possession for yourselves. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which will be greatly rewarded, for you need patience so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. For in yet a little while, he who is to come will come and will, know and will not wait. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But, he, but we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but of those who have faith in the saving of the soul. Father, be with us right now. Help us to have a greater understanding of your word. Help us to, to glean a, a closer relationship with you through this word. And Father, we thank you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. This exhortation and warning. Therefore, brothers, we have a confidence to enter the most high, most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new living, by by a new and living way that He has opened for us through the veil. That is to be, that is to say, His flesh. And since we have a high priest of the, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse them from every evil conscience. And, the bodies, and our bodies washed with pure water. We just got done talking about Jesus being the, the right pure sacrifice for sin. We got done talking about how Jesus' sacrifice doesn't cover the sin, but it cleanses the sin. It cleanses us from the inside out. A covering of something is over the outside, Right? I, I used to do woodwork and I used to refinish furniture. You have, there's a lot of things, if you have wood things like we have here, if they're widely used, the finish will wear off and it will become dingy and it'll become dirty and you'll have to clean that all off and sand it down and apply new finish. That does not at all work from the inside out. That works from the outside in. From the outside in as far as, far as wood. You're covering an outside of a project. The old covenant covered the outside of our sin. It covered us. Jesus' sacrifice, as we've said in, in the last few weeks, from the inside, from the inside out. We might look like a wreck, but inside we're cleansed by God. The covering was they were a wreck on the inside, but God only saw the blood of the Lamb. Okay? The new covenant is different. We can go into this holy place by the blood of Jesus, the final sacrifice, the final one. We talked last week about how, or maybe two weeks ago, about how the, in the book of Genesis and Exodus, and when they were, well, the book of Exodus, we were talking, they were talking about the, the, the building of the temple and, and the building of the, the tabernacle, I should say, not the temple, the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies and the veil and 
all these things and how that was made with things by the hands of man. But this was made by God. This new covenant was made by the offering of Jesus, not made by hands. So this blood of Jesus gives us the true sacrifice, the true cleansing for sin. We can go into the holy place. It says now in the scripture that we can boldly go before the throne of grace. We don't have to worry about making sure we're cleansed and we're all these things like the priests did in the first five books of the Bible. But it says that we can go boldly to the throne of grace in our current state and ask God to touch us, minister to us by His Spirit. We see that in a real form in the story and the narrative of the crucif crucifixion. When Jesus died, what happened? The, the, the veil was torn in two, not from bottom to top, from top to bottom. It's very significant. That means that God was the one making the way of man to enter into his presence without needing to be cleansed ritualistically like they did in the Old Testament. We just needed to believe in God, believe in Jesus, and trust him with our lives. And that's what we need to do, even in 2020. He goes on and he says, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse them from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There's some things here. Let us draw near to God. What does it say in the scripture? If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It's very important to understand that. We have to put forth the effort. God's already done everything. God gave up everything in his son, his very most precious son. He let him die on the cross. He's given up everything. And he says, we must draw near to him. The, the ball is in our court of this relationship. God has given us everything. And yet, do, what do we choose? Draw near with a pure heart, sprinkled and cleansed from every evil conscience. We must draw near to God with a humble, pure heart. Even if we don't have a humble and pure heart when we draw near to God, it's important to repent and be pure before God. Verse 23, Let us firmly hold to the profession of faith without wavering, for he who promises is faithful. Hang on to that in the coming weeks. Hang on to that. Hold firmly to the profession of your faith. Now is not the time in any circumstance in the world, in the day and age in which we live, now is not the time to play church. Now is the time to be ready to profess our faith, to stand up for what we believe in, to be a person of faith. Now is the time to do that in any era of our life. It is the 21st century. I would have said the same thing two years ago. I probably did two years ago. But it is something that we must hold to. Jesus is coming back. Doesn't matter who's in political office. 
He's going to come back. And he's going to look for a victorious church, one that is faithful. And are we that? Are we that? Hold firmly to the profession of your faith. For the one who has promised is faithful. God is faithful. What a promise. When we fail, when we fall short of God's promises, of God's direction, when we are unfaithful, God is still faithful. God is still faithful. Scripture, there's a scripture that says, that alludes to, or might even say it directly, I'm not sure uh, of the reference right off the top of my head, but his call is irrevocable. If he ministers to you, if he gives you the ability to know what his will is for your life, that is irrevocable. He is faithful, even when we are not. And let us consider how to spur one another to the love and to good works. To love and to good works. Second Peter says that we're to love deeply and from the heart. We were in John 15 today. And Jesus talking about love. We're to love one another. Love does not, does not have bounds in our current situations in life. It does not have bounds in our current understandings of what's, what is going on in our lives. Love is love. We're to love one another. Love one another deeply and from the heart. And he says, uh, he says, and let us consider how to spur one another to love and to do good works. It doesn't matter what we're going through. We know the election and all the things going on with that. I'm not here to tell you, give you my political views, but I am here to tell you that we're to love one another. We're to spur one another on to good works and to keep going in the faith, regardless of what's going on in our nation, regardless of what's going on in our homes, regardless of what's going on in our counties, regardless of what's going on in our worlds. We are to spur ourselves on and each other on to love and to do good works. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but let us exhort one another, especially as you see the day approaching. Come to church. Come to church. If you're watching this via Facebook, you have a home church, go to church. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Why? Why? Tell my kids to strengthen numbers. If you isolate yourself, you're like one person in a foxhole and you've got a bunch of people above you with guns on you. They're not going to miss. Strength in numbers means if you come to church, you can be encouraged by God's people. You can be spurred on by God's people. God can spur you on at home by yourself, yes, but it is a commandment here to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There might come a day 
in the very near future where they might say no more than 25, which they say no more than 25. They might say no more than 10. Well, we have 11. So that means we wouldn't be able to meet. So what does that mean? Do we sit home and weep and moan and... No. We get on Facebook and YouTube at 10 and 15 in the morning and we do these things through virtual things. We still gather together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. God can confirm things in your life through the words of his people. That's why it's important to come together and worship. There's something to be said about worshiping together in a collective, agreeing spirit that God can move and God can do some things. God does great things in our life, individually and corporately. But know this, as individuals, I pray for you. And I hope, as individuals, you pray for me. We are a family. Whether we're in the same room or we're not in the same room, we are a family. And family looks out for one another. Don't forsake the assembling. Verse 26. For if we willingly continue to sin after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. God says we're one of two things. If we are not with God, we are an enemy of God. If we're not with God, we are not his friends. We have enmity with the Father if we are not with God. This scripture tells us that we can fall away. We can walk away if we continue to live a life that is contrary to God and live in an unrepentant rebellion, we will end up in a fiery indignation because God said so. That's why. Some might say, well, that also says here and this, and I said, but there is no precedent there's more precedent in Scripture for God to say and to lead us to believe we can walk away and lose out for eternity. We can no longer say that we can live the way we want and God will bring us to heaven. Because it says right here, if we willfully continue to sin, that's different than struggling with sin. I want to make something clear. Willfully continuing to sin is when you know something is wrong and you still do it. When God is telling you you need to move away from that and you still do it. That's a willful sin. You're walking in a very, very dangerous place in that situation. Do not continue to willful sin. Anyone who despised Moses' law died without mercy in the presence of two or three witnesses. Now, 
children of Israel, God's chosen people. They willfully sinned, and God struck them down. He goes on in the Scriptures, how much more will God do that to us? How much more? How much more severe a punishment do you suppose he deserves who has trampled underfoot the Son of God? You know, the Bible says that if we sin, we bring God to an open, we bring Jesus again to an open shame in the book of Romans. That's trampling Jesus underfoot. That's trampling his sacrifice in the dirt. How much more of a punishment do we deserve for that, those actions, those unrepentant actions, I should say. How much more punishment do we deserve? Traveled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded the blood of the covenant that sacrificed, sacrificed him as to be a common thing and has insulted the Spirit of grace. The second covenant was not a common thing. It was a special thing. Something that we can never take for granted. If you had spouses, or you have a spouse, or a significant other, the question you have to ask yourself is, did you, or do you, or did you take them for granted? Did they take you for granted? Do they take you for granted? Don't take God for granted. A lot of times the relationships in which we have earthly reflect the relationships we have heavenly. What I mean by that is the way that we interact with our loved ones because it's a relationship, marriage relationship, relationship of uh, significant others, sometimes that relationship is reflectant on the relationship we have with God. We don't talk to God, we're not going to talk to our spouse or significant other. If we don't have a good relationship with God, turns out, most majority of the time, the relationship in the home is not that the greatest either. So understand, we are to not take for granted the sacrifice Jesus did for us on Calvary. Verse 30, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And again he says, The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think about that as a Christian. This is who he's talking to here. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to people who know who God is, who have heard the word, who have read the, read the word as it was passed along, who have experienced the teaching of Jesus, probably even experienced miracles, and yet he's talking to them who would trample underfoot the sacrifice that Jesus made. How much 
difficult, how hard it is to fall into the hands of the living God. What does it say? It says if you fall upon the rock, it will break you. But if the rock falls upon you, you will be crushed. Think about that. Jesus, God's judgment is much harsher than I think a lot of churches and a lot of pastors want to proclaim. The Bible is very clear on the judgments of God. We must follow the judgments or the, 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 the precepts of God, the laws of God, the scripture, the things in which God wants us to do. Don't take for granted the things of God. Don't uh, grieve the Holy Spirit. Live your life pleasing to God to the best of your ability. And where you fall short, repent. God will judge us. God will judge His people. That's us people and His people. God will judge His people. Verse 32, Remember the former days after you were enlightened in which you endured a great struggle of afflictions. In part, you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and afflictions. And in part, you became companions of those who were so abused. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully endured the confiscation of your property, knowing that you have in heaven a better and enduring possession for yourselves. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which will be greatly rewarded, for you need patience, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Now, we are to continue in God. We're going to have inflictions as Christians. But we are to joyfully consider those things. We are to joyfully go on. We're to have faith. The just shall live by faith, the scripture says. The just shall live by faith. They hear in the scripture, they joyfully gave up their property, confiscated from them, and joyfully did it. Because they knew in heaven they had a greater reward oh let's not forget that oh let's not forget that in these coming days these coming days we're going to hear a lot about some things we're going to hear a lot on both sides of some things but let's not forget let us not forget the reward in which we have in heaven if we follow God if we walk with God if we stay steadfast in the exhortation of our faith, if we continue to walk in the ways of God, remember, we're just sojourners in a land. This isn't our home. Heaven is our home. Verse 37, For in a little while, he who is to come will come and will not wait. Jesus is coming back. Now the just shall live by faith, verse 38. But if anyone draws back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If you're not going to, if you're going to look back, now listen, this is, this is a projection back to Lot's wife. She went, went, ran by faith out of, out of Sodom and Gomorrah. The angel said, do not look back. Do not look back. You ever wonder why? It says, do not look back. They said, do not look back. Because if they were allowed, if she was allowed to look back and live, it would have been just like the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. When they said, oh, well, in Egypt at least we had places to live. We had regular food. We had this. We had that. They would totally forgotten about the punishment and the beatings and the slavery. Lot's wife looked back. And she was a pillar of salt. Because that thought of what they had in Sodom, whether it was good or bad, in, 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 in relying upon what they had in the desert, she would have been thinking and would have been, would have been putting forth this idea, it was better for us in Sodom. It was better for us in Sodom. We had all these things in Sodom. Why, can't, why, why did God take us out of Sodom? It was more convenient. It was more comfortable. It was more whatever. Do not look back. If anyone, who, if anyone draws back, my soul will not be with him. If we're going through this life and we're saying something like, thinking something in our heart, or, or wishing something, well, I wish, I, I wish it was 20 years ago. Life was so much better for me before I was a Christian. Life was so much, I could do what I want without guilt before I was a Christian. If we start doing that, God says that his heart will not be with us. He'll have no pleasure in us. God has given us the greatest gift in the, in, the, in the sacrifice of His Son, and yet some people, some people trample that underfoot in their attitudes and their thinking. Let's not be like that. But we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the saving of the soul. Do we have faith? Do I have faith? Do you have faith? Do we have faith to the saving of the soul? Jesus Christ is in control, whether we believe it or not. Whether we think he is or not, Jesus Christ is in control. No matter the circumstances in our world at any given era of time, Jesus Christ is in control. Jesus Christ is in control. The question is, do we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in understanding that He knows what is best? For He's in control more than we are. Whether we think we've got it under control or not, Jesus is in control.
Do we believe in the saving of the soul? Has our salvation gotten to the place where it's commonplace? You know, commonplace. Is it commonplace to be saved in our lives? Or do we remember that day of salvation with a fond and almost emotional memory? Because it was a special, special time when Jesus came into our lives. Or is it commonplace? And when that day is commonplace, because that day was the day we realized the sacrifice that Jesus made. That day was the day we realized how special that sacrifice was. And when it becomes a commonplace thing of our salvation, we're basically saying that the sacrifice that Jesus made is commonplace. It's commonplace when we think like that. God does not want us to be thinking of his sacrifice as commonplace. So my questions for you this week, do we or can we exude the love of God in such a way that people will realize and know something's different about us, regardless of what's going on in our lives, can we exude the joy and love of Jesus Christ in the midst of trial this week? And the other question, I want us to search our hearts. The question, is the sacrifice of Jesus just commonplace in my life? If it is, we need to get down before God in repentant prayer and ask God to forgive us for that. He is not commonplace. His sacrifice is not commonplace. He is the sacrifice for all. He brings new life. He said that I've come that you have life and that more abundantly. That is not commonplace. So those are my two questions. Can we do those things? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. I pray that you'd bless us today by your spirit, that you'd give us a peace that passes understanding, that you would help us, Lord, to move forward in love for one another and love for people that you would help us to identify our relationship with you. And if it is indeed commonplace, Father, help us to grow deeper in you and to go deeper in you and through repentance and prayer to, to re receive a new outpouring of joy on our hearts and a hunger for you that's never been before. Father, knit us together as a congregation, unified in the body of Christ. Knit us together as individuals with our families, unified under the body of Christ. Father, bless us and minister to us today. And Lord, we thank you for that and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Do we trust God? 
It's a question, isn't it? Trust him this week with your life, with your circumstances, with your emotions, with your feelings. Trust him. If we trust God, he will not fail to reward us, to be faithful to us. Amen. May the Lord bless you today. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.